It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. And welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610 K1A. It is hour number two on your Tuesday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you. And we welcome to the program Kim Lehrman, who is a candidate for Franklin County Commissioner, District 1. Ms. Lehrman, thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you for inviting me to be here today. So, Ms. Lehrman, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you uh, been in the area? Yeah. Um, Let's see here. I was raised in Badger Canyon on a small family farm, and I left for college um, where I ran for a couple of years, cross-country and track, went on to Washington State University where I graduated with a um, major in general agriculture science, allowing me to be an ag ed teacher and FFA advisor. I came back to this area in 2002 and been here ever since, right here in Pasco. And what is it, Ms. Lehrman, that uh, you currently do here in the Tri-Cities? I'm a stay-at-home mom and a community advocate. So most people that decide to run for office obviously put some time and thought into it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about why you decided to enter the political arena at this time. I entered in because it's definitely a time where we need a new kind of leadership, leadership that will help Franklin County reach its full potential. A leadership style that's centered on listening to the diverse voices of our county and that builds trust between the residents of the county and their commission. Right now, Franklin County faces severe challenges in the form of COVID-19 pandemic. During these difficult times, our county commission has responded with inconsistent policies, first voting to reopen the county and then choosing to close it and ignore the harm caused by these decisions. The residents of Franklin County deserve better, and I believe I am that choice for the future. We're talking with Kim Lehrman, who is a candidate for Franklin County Commissioner, District 1 here on the bottom line. Ms. Lehrman, you mentioned um, COVID-19 in particular, and as you go through and you track the the events that occurred, particularly in Franklin County, uh, put yourself in that position, what would you have done differently uh, if you were a commissioner at this point in time? Well, first, we all started learning about COVID-19 in about mid-January when the first um, positive test was detected in the Seattle area. So as a county commissioner, being responsible for the health and safety of Franklin County residents, then that's when I would spend a lot of time working with Ben Franklin Health District and learning about what is their safety protocols, what information they're getting from CDC, what information they're getting from the state and nationally. And as we prepare the worst case scenario, working with those health district experts to really listen and learn from them in order to be able to bring forward a united front and in the, self, in the health and safety practices that um, eventually rolled out. January, February, March, April, May, all the way through, consistently working with the Benton Franklin Health District. 
that way we can be able to decrease the amount of COVID-19 spread, not later, but sooner. We're talking with Kim Lehrman, who is a candidate for Franklin County Commission, District 1, here on the bottom line. Uh, Ms. Lehrman, uh, one of the issues that has uh, permeated uh, in the area for a while is the relationship between Benton and Franklin County. If you are elected uh, to the Franklin County Commission, what kind of approach will you take with, uh, with the colleagues across the river in Benton County, if at all? Well, definitely we're going to be a much stronger area, Benton and Franklin, if we work together. And so approaching the commissioning board of Benton, Frank, or Benton County would be in a method that shows them that I'm listening. We're trying to be able to focus on commonalities, uh, the residents, uh, safety, health, um, different topics like that. And so keep circling back to why are we there and how we can be able to serve both of our counties in the best possible way by focusing on issue per issue. If I end up entering into a boardroom with my mind made up and not willing to listen, then I'm doing a disservice to my residents. There have been, uh, uh, you know, depending on the commissioner, depending on the county, there have been a number of different um, takes on this. What is your take? Are you uh, interested in having more of a bi-county tri-city metro area approach moving forward to not only governing uh, but everything tourism everything on down the line or do you want to focus uh, solely on franklin county and and bringing franklin county up um, or maybe a combination of the two i think a combination of the two is the best practice um culturally we have we're different than benton county um, and so to honor our residents and their residents, there's some things that are going to be different and divided as meaning Benton County takes care of Benton County and Franklin County takes care of uh, Franklin County. But also at the same time, bi-county agreements absolutely need to have um, both group of commissioners coming into the room um, and utilizing the resources in an um, equal way. So um, per ratio of residents and such. Um, there is also a uh, an area of movement of trying to be able to, as you said, um, economically, um, you know, my trying programs like that, that are coming up that are growing interest in our area. And economically, we want to have a diverse area of opportunities for businesses here in Tri-Cities. And we collaborate between Benton and Franklin, that collaboration, sorry, that collaboration needs to happen in order to be able to provide the best opportunities for for our area-wide residents, I mean, our citizens leave Franklin County to go to Benton County to go shopping and buy supplies, and um, we need to grow some of that over on our side of the river to have Benton County also come over and um, have their residents spend um, some of their money in taxes over here in Franklin County. So it's a, as you said, it's a, a both kind of answer, trying to be able to retain some of our own culture and some of our own needs for residents and also at the same time to be able to uh, work together to be able to um, serve serve this area to our best ability. What would you say is uh, Franklin County's biggest challenge moving forward, whether it be uh, the rural parts, the urban parts, or the, the county collectively? I would say the county collectively. We need to really try to 
unify our county. And we need to show that at the county commissioner level. If you watch the meetings, there's a lot of back and forth arguing and um, disrespect. And if that is what's going on at our county level, then that's promoting bipartisanship at the resident level. Right now we're in the middle of a crisis, a global pandemic, and this is not how our leadership should be acting. And it's promoting it to be citizen versus citizen instead of uniting together to, heck, wear a mask, social distance. Those basic things help decrease this global pandemic effect on our health and also our economic uh, our economic standing um, we have so many small businesses that are closing their doors and losing all that they've built up for because we're resisting on trying to be able to help one another so it's that unity piece that we need to really work on and I believe that is where we're failing so we're talking with uh, Kim Lerman a candidate for Franklin County District Number One uh, here on the bottom line is Radio Six Ten K O N A. Ms. Lambert, outside of COVID nineteen, there's certainly a number of issues that are facing Franklin County, including mental health resources. Of course, water rights are always something that is uh, on the front line for county commissioners. Uh, what are some of the other issues that you are running on? Uh, for Franklin County Commissioner that you believe that you will be able to have a positive effect on if elected? Yeah, that, that mental health piece is very important. Um, one, of the, one of the ideas I have to be able to help out our community, especially as um, with COVID-19, schools being closed and along with uh, less students going to uh, the doctor's office to be able to get checked. So our mandatory reporters are not um, as available to be able to assess the needs of our, um, our children of the community. So how, how can we be able to reach out to our county residents in a way that um, can be able to um, directly access to them? And so one way we can be able to do that is through a county sheriff app that would be free that you can be able to download. And on that app, and many other counties use this too, but on that app, you can be able to um, report through a tip line if you see a concern. So if your neighbor, you've noticed every time um, they come in town or drop off something and you're worried about their child's health or the wife's health or something like that, you can be able to report it. If you're worried about um, domestic violence or even theft, um, let's say you see a uh, uh, truck that's parked out at a haystack you do not know whose truck that is and you notice it again nine o'clock night the next night you're wondering what's going on that might be a safe way to go ahead and report out to the sheriff without having to do a full report where possibly there might be um, some sort of unsafe repercussions back to you so um, that is a method that is being used in other counties and it's a way that we could be able to better serve our Franklin County residents in mental health and in their safety and in their on their property too. We're talking with Kim Lehrman, who is a candidate for Franklin County Commission District One here on the bottom line. Uh, Ms. Lehrman, we've seen over the course of the last year or so 
discussion and action regarding splitting uh, some of the bi-county services. The most recent one, of course, was human services. There's been some discussion about maybe some other ones. Do you believe that these services should be bi-county endeavors, or do you think that the counties uh, should be able to operate these entities on their own? I would take a look at it as a per-situation scenario on what's best for our Franklin County. Um, in some cases, having um, a bi-county agreement is going to best serve our residents by also what Benton County gets to, um, such as like more buying power. Um, and, and in other ways, sometimes depending on the situation, it might be best to go ahead and split it. So that's how I would approach it is um, a per-situation situ- uh, per scenario. And Ms. Lehrman, for anyone who is interested in finding out a little bit more about your campaign uh, and more of the issues that you're running on, where can they go? They can um, follow me on Facebook at Elect Kim Lehrman, um, or they can go ahead and follow me on um, website, which is um, electkimlehrman.com, and Lehrman is spelled L-E-H-R-M-A-N. And is there anything else you would like to mention to our listeners and potential voters uh, that we may not have covered? Sure. I have a long history of experience in leading through listening. As a mother of four, former teacher, youth basketball and soccer coach, along with my numerous years of community advocacy work, leading through listening is a leadership style that's proven effective. I grew up on a family farm where I learned teamwork and hard work. I took my passion for agriculture and became an agriculture educator and FFA advisor. The last line of the national FFA motto is living to serve. As Franklin County Commissioner District 1, I'll be a leader who will bring collaboration, transparency, and innovation by listening to our county's diverse voices. I humbly ask for your vote, Kim Lehrman for Franklin County Commissioner District 1 by August 4th. Kim Lehrman, candidate for Franklin County Commissioner, District 1. We appreciate your time this afternoon, and best of luck to you in your race. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Take a quick time out. Come back with more of The Bottom Line at News Radio 610-KONA on this Tuesday afternoon. Already above triple digits today. And, yes, that's in our future the next few days. So if you have eggs, crack them on the sidewalk. They'll be done in about five. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610, KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA. Swing by in... See our friends at CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. They've got a couple of new 100% all-natural products. CB Night and CB Go. You're having some difficulty sleeping. CB Night could be the answer. 100% all-natural, and it doesn't have the same lingering effects as some over-the-counter medications or other sleep aids. Also, CB Go could help give you that pick-me-up that you need over the course of a day without sugar and caffeine that could wind up causing crashes not long after you drink them. Make sure you stop by CBD American Shaman. Knowledgeable staff, 
100% natural products. CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. 547-1610 if you'd like to get involved. Uh, you heard a few minutes ago from Kim Lairman, who is running for Franklin County Commissioner, District 1. A uh, few minutes, you'll hear from Michael Alvarez, who is running for Benton County Commissioner in District 1 as we get closer to the primary. A week from today? A week from today. Ballots will be opened. We will find out preliminary results, but I think it's fair to say that um, most of your results on Tuesday, usually by Friday, you have a pretty good idea of how things are going to shake out, unless unless you've got a race that's really, really close, and there's a couple of them yeah. that I expect will be, uh, that may take a little bit longer to actually determine a winner, which is one of the drawbacks to a mail-in is that you've got to allow time for you know for the ballots that are postmarked by Tuesday to get in, mm-hmm. um, and then once they're in, um, you know it takes the time to count, and then of course you've got you know depending on how many trickle in overseas, so on and so forth. Um, but the I believe the. Uh, ratification of the elections towards the end of the month. Yeah, you, yeah. It's usually about three, four weeks after yeah, the election I, that they'll, they they'll certify the election. Days, yeah. But see, here's the thing is we usually, again, occasionally there is a super close race. And there could be on, on the ballot this year in the primary in the state of Washington and Oregon. Could be. Uh, however, a bulk of the ballots will be counted the night of. Yes. Um, so yes. we will have a, a really good idea in most races who the the top two will be that move on to the general election on election night. And I know one of the things that people don't like about the, the mail-in system is that, well, we, we can't declare a winner until days or even weeks after. And that is true. Um, but... The old way at the polling place, you didn't always get instant information either when polls closed. You know, you you had to wait for all the precincts to report. And that usually uh, in, in some of the bigger states, I'm thinking about presidential elections, the bigger states where they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of precincts uh, would not get their results until at least the next day. So I'm not saying one is better than the other, but it wasn't like the polling place gave you the instant results, uh, you know, when when the polls closed. That's why they had those stupid exit polling uh, that came out, and they still do that to some degree, although I think those were pretty well debunked uh, four years ago. But uh, in lieu of, you know, because we people, certainly Americans, want instant gratification. We want to know the results right now. You know, Mm -hmm. we watch a sporting event. Clock goes to zero. We know who the winner and loser is. Elections aren't quite the same. We don't always get all of the results that we want right away. And certainly with mail-in ballots. And, yeah, when when the general election comes around in the beginning of November... The mail-in ballots, or the mail-in states, uh, you know, will be able to report some, and the vote in...
person states will have to report some too. And they've been trickling in slowly. Uh, the, the the return numbers Already. right now mm-hmm. not not very high. No, knowing that a week from today is is the ballot or is 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 the end for the primary. So, if you've got your ballot, fill it out, send it back, take part of the process, make sure you vote. Back with more of the bottom line after this. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of the bottom line presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Welcome back to the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. It is Tuesday afternoon, and we continue our primary candidate interviews here on the program. Joining us right now is candidate for Benton County Commissioner, District 1, Michael Alvarez. Mr. Alvarez, good afternoon. Thank you for your time today. Good afternoon. It seems like it's been a little bit of time since I've been there uh, actually uh, talking to you guys about running for uh, city council a few years ago and won, by the way. (laughs) It, It was. It was. So talk to us a little bit, Mr. Alvarez. You're one of the few candidates that are running uh, in a contested race and when we mention contested race we mean that as more than two people running uh in this primary election one of the few running in a contested race with uh elected experience talk to us a little bit about uh your time on richland city council and how you feel that has prepared you uh to run for benton county commissioner you know i excuse me you know i was running for uh uh original city council one of the things i wanted to do the big topic during that time as you guys remember was the jupiter bridge and and i think everybody that uh lives in richland uh they were going to have to pay a 20 dollar car tab fee uh, on every vehicle they owned for over for 20 years to pay the bridge off and when i was running i said hey you know having a finance background myself a business background you know i i i stated that i think we could do better than that and and reduce that down uh to 10 years uh, and, and, and so three months after getting into office, uh, staff came out with a new graph showing the bridge being paid off in five years without uh, raising taxes or fees, taking 15 years of, of taxes and car tax fees to pay the bridge off. So I thought that was an accomplishment. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. I've been talking so much. But, you know, as far as being on city council and elected, uh, elected office, you know, I've been exposed to uh, county liaison for the uh, Planning Commission, Economic Development Committee, you know, I'm one of the ones that City Council appointed to review the city budget and approve it and recommend approving that over $250 million-plus budget uh, for the city of Richland. So I think my uh, elected experience there, as well as working with other uh, state, local state elected officials, reaching across county lines to Franklin County and meeting and, and, and getting to know elected officials there along with uh, uh, community leaders, I think it's really helped to, to bridge that gap between the two counties as well. So uh, that's what I look forward to doing here as a, a county commissioner is collaborating and, and bringing people together to get things actually done. That's super important to me. We're talking with Michael Alvarez. He's a candidate for Benton County Commissioner District 1, current Richland City Councilman. Uh, Mr. Alvarez, why did you decide to make the jump to commissioner uh, after spending two years on city council? Actually, almost three years now. But you know what? It's it was a it was a hard decision to make because I, I love being a Richland City Councilman, uh, but I've had literally in the last couple of years dozens and dozens of uh, Benton County citizens uh, in different various events come talk to me and ask me to run for Benton County Commissioner. And and I know the former Benton County Commissioner, uh, excuse me, the former Benton County Republican Chair, 
uh, Bill Berkman uh, got to know me over the last couple of years before he passed. And one day he came into my office and he said, you know, I've got to know you real well and you're not a say anything, do anything type of a, a politician. And I really respect, uh, respect that from you. You actually, what you say you're going to do, you actually accomplish. Uh, and so to me, between everybody that's talked to me and spoke to me, uh, and what I've seen in the last couple of years at the county commissioner's office, uh, it just seems that I really wanted to raise the bar of our local elected officials for qualifications, experience, and leadership, and really get things done at that county commissioner office side, so that there's trust and collaboration between uh, the county commissioner's office and, and, and city elected officials, you know, city council, city managers, so we can collaborate and actually get things done. I, you know. We, we hear county commissioner, I know a lot of people don't know what the county commissioner does, but look at it this way, between the collaboration and trust between, uh, you know, two-thirds, I think, I believe it's about two-thirds of the county residents live within the cities of Benton County. Uh, and so I think that if we work together, we can get better representation and if we get the right people on there with the right qualification experience, people can actually notice things happen, happening within the county. Now, Mr. Alvarez, when a, a number of people decide that they either want to get into politics or they want to run for a different office, there's certainly, as you mentioned, a lot of thought that goes into it. What were some of the issues that stood out to you uh, that made you decide to run for this position? You know, I, I, there's there's several of them, and I think if people went online and actually looked at uh, what the current county commissioners, uh, and I mean, you can look at it from old Tri-City Herald articles to the local NBC, CBS stations, et cetera, uh, with a public safety tax fund, uh, the potential splitting of the Benton-Franklin County Superior Court, uh, all the little different things. And you'll see that certain county commissioners, uh, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good for the community and, or for the county. And so those were some of the issues. The other ones were I, I know that Benton County, due to COVID-19, is going to, uh, they're really, we're going to see, we're going to be facing some very difficult economic financial challenges due to COVID-19. And so I think we, ha- we need somebody, and I have that experience, the business education, and, and extensive financial and business experience needed to help ensure that, you know, our taxpayers' money is being used and leveraged in the best possible way, and that taxes are just not increased unnecessarily. So I think that's important. You know, I'm also a 25-year uh, local small business owner here of a finance and mortgage company, uh, and I think it's really important that we work together, county commissioners working together with mayors and city managers and health officials and bring in local uh, business owners and community leaders all together to really be able to get on the same page and, on, and, and be able to go ahead and do one message uh, and work with the state, really work with the state uh, to get us to move to the next phase, to get uh, our uh, local businesses open and get people back to work. So those were some things. Transparency was another one. You know, I know that we're talking about uh, city councils and stuff, and I can honestly say everything I say and do uh, when I'm uh, doing a public meeting is being recorded. Uh, and then it's also archived where anybody can go watch that in the last couple of years. And so I think that transparency is important. That doesn't happen at the county commissioner office. Uh, side of it. So I definitely want to make sure that those are being filmed uh, and recorded. So if I make a mistake or if I say something, people can watch that. But if we record those and put those back on the county commissioner's website so that people that can't make those meetings can go uh, click a button uh, and watch it uh, anytime and anywhere to see what, what's going on in their, in their community. Uh, the public safety tax fund, 
uh, I think we need to review that. It was really meant uh, for gang violence and, and, and drug activity, and it's, it's being used in really good ways, but I think even in light of COVID-19, there's some other budgets within, within the county as, long, as well as the public safety tax fund that we can really look at maybe uh, building a, a, a public, or excuse me, a mental health uh, and drug addiction facility here, here in Tri-Cities uh, versus those people, people that need those needs within the county having to go to either Yakima or Spokane. And then affordable housing. I think that's important too. I, my son, my future in Dalla, they're looking at uh, housing here in the Tri-Cities to, to purchase and there's a housing shortage and uh, skyrocketing prices. So. You know, I think that's important to work with our local state elected officials and other officials here to find solutions and how we can create more affordable housing in Benton County for our, our younger generation and families that want to call Benton County home. So those are some of the things that are important to me. Uh, not a one-trick pony. When I ran for city council, I think uh, a lot of publications and news outlets were saying that, you know, my, my agenda is pretty broad. and. I want to bring my experience and just get things done where people can be proud of their county commissioners, know what they're doing, and get things actually done and completed, uh, you know, so people can take notice and be proud of that. We're talking with Michael Alvarez, who is currently a Richland City Councilman running for Benton County Commissioner in District 1. Now, Mr. Alvarez, the elephant in the room in Benton County is the uh, contentious battle between the commissioners and the sheriff. Jerry Hatcher, uh, from your vantage point in the city of Richland, what is your take about what has transpired uh, in the last uh, year or so in that regard? You know, I know you're going to probably ask me that question. That's, that's a hot question, isn't it? Uh, I can say personally myself, I've seen some of the videos and stuff between the behavior between a county commissioner and uh, Sheriff Hatcher. And, and you know what? I think I, I learned this when I was uh, in the Marines. Uh, you know, you've got to keep your attitude uh, at check and be professional. I think that there was a lack of professionalism in there in front of the, in front of the public on how things went down between the county, uh, some county commissioners and the sheriff. And you know what? They're both elected officials. I think you got to go ahead and work together, regardless if you you disagree or you don't like each other. And it was very apparent. They, don't, you know, there's there is um, uh, uh, they're they're not fans of each other. But I, I still think that the sheriff's office. I respect that office. Uh, they're voted in by the people, and the, and they serve the people uh, in that case in Benton County. And so I think you have to have respect for that office. Uh, at the same time. I total respect. I, when I got other Marines, I worked for a university police department in New Mexico State University while I was going to school full time. And so I'm going to support the deputies and uh, the corrections officers there. And I feel bad. I really do. You know, I apologize to them for having them be, you know, having this all happen while they're, while they're trying to serve their community and stuff like that, because I can tell there was some fallout uh, within those groups. But I think uh, going forward, if I'm elected in there, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and absolutely do the right thing by the office and by the people that serve in those in the corrections or the, the jail and the deputies that serve there because they're the ones who are actually out on the streets and, and, and trying to protect us and do the right thing. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, everything has to – we have to deal with that office fairly and, and have good communication. The jail was taken over in a very quick fashion manner, uh, and I know I'm kind of going on about that. 
But if you look at it this way, there was a motion, a resolution made to take over the jail in the morning, to take over the jail that night without very much public input at all. Uh, one of the county commissioners uh, the next day went on vacation for two weeks, leaving everything on one commissioner's uh, uh, doorstep to go ahead and handle, uh, and it left a lot of things up in the air. And when I heard recently on an uh, endorsement form, uh, forum that we were all uh, vying for, uh, that the county commissioner that's currently in there said, well, it was health and safety. We needed them to uh, act immediately, and that's why he took the jail over. Well, uh, I have an issue with that. If it's health and safety, you can go ahead and take corrective action immediately and find out what's going on and get it fixed. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's responsible to the taxpayers that you do a feasibility study and financial studies before you take that over. You can work things through. You can make sure health and safety is there. That's the most important thing for everybody that's serving and, and et cetera, and, and the inmates too. <coughs> you want to do those things to make sure that you, you're not taking something over and you're going to take a total loss and taxpayers are going to have to take, uh, pay millions of dollars in taxes in the future for your mistake. So I, I, anyway, that's what I, that's, I'm rambling, but those are the, some of the things that I, I, I see and personally, and I think we need to go ahead and just make sure that we're doing things right in the future. So does that mean if you're elected, uh, you would move towards uh, reverting uh, the system back to having the jail under the sheriff's purview, or would you leave it the way it is? You know, I think that the, I think what I would like to go ahead and do is make sure, because I think a couple of months ago I heard on one of the county commissioners' uh, meetings that the, that the jail was at a $2.1 million loss. And one of the county commissioners said, well, hey, this is great that we have that public safety tax fund reserve because uh, we can go ahead and, 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 and fill that gap. Well, that's, what the, that's not what the public safety tax fund was intended to be used for. So I think what we need to do is make sure we do a feasibility study, financial studies, and make sure where we're at first to make sure that the, uh, the jail is running efficiently and safely. That's, that's paramount. Safety. Uh, and, and then running to see, make sure that we're not running in a deficit and what can we do to fix that. As far as uh, reverting it back to the sheriff, two questions there. One is, would the sheriff want it back? I don't know. Two, does it may, uh, I would probably keep it where it's at right now, but I want to go ahead and know where it stands financially. And also to make sure that everybody has the equipment they need within, within the jail as well so that uh, they're, they're safe. They can go home to their family safe, and also the inmates are in there, and they have what they need to do uh, while they're in there as well. And we're talking with Michael Alvarez, candidate for uh, Benton County Commission position and district number one here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. And, Mr. Alvarez, for anyone that would like to find out more information about your campaign, where can they go? You know, it's, it's easy. It's www.votemike.com, votemike.com, and they can go ahead and find all about me, my background, uh, my qualifications and experience, and, and like I said, I have no problem uh, compare, if you compare my qualifications and, and experience with any of my opponents. I think it's great to do, and the most important thing you can do in this primary, because you guys said it earlier, the two, go, uh, the two people with the highest votes get to go through the general, and so it's very important uh, for the voters to decide and vote on those two people that are going to move forward into the general, and I'm hoping, you, hoping they vote for me as well. Michael Alvarez, current Richmond City Councilman, candidate for Benton County Commissioner in District 1. We appreciate your time this afternoon, and best of luck to you in your race. Thanks, Ed, Rob. Appreciate it. Take a quick time out. Come back and wrap things up. This Tuesday edition of The Bottom Line, News Radio 610 KONA. 
Got an email to get to as well before we are all said and done. You can reach us that way, 610kona.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, and what you would like to say. Final thoughts next. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Final few minutes, bottom line, News Radio 610K on a Tuesday afternoon. Stop by to see our friends at Perfection Tire with four locations in the Tri-Cities to serve you. Perfection Tire treats their clients like their family. They've been doing so for decades. They're a full-service auto repair facility. They'll help you with all your automotive needs. You can make an appointment by calling. You can call if you have questions about your vehicle, or you can go to their website, perfectiontire.com. Perfection Tire. Four locations in the Tri-Cities to serve you. Their name says it all. 547-1610, if you have any final thoughts. Got an email from Trevor that we want to pass along, listening in Richland. With this now going on for two months, when is someone going to ask just where's the money coming from that's financing this? Let's find the source. Well, uh, the, the financing comes from a, a number of different areas. I mean, you can point fingers and think it's all coming from uh, the Hungarian billionaire. George Soros, but I mean, there are a lot of different groups out there that fundraise. Uh, there are a lot of different groups out there that funnel money into these organized movements. Um, and people are just giving them money anyway. Well, yeah. And, and there's, I mean, you've got people that, that donate time. There are people that do a number of things to continue and uh, continue to allow these things to happen. So it's not just a source, it's multiple sources. And think about it like this as well. It's not just money, it's also enabling. It's it's what Ted Wheeler has done. It's what the Portland City Council has done. It's what the Seattle City Council has done. Jenny Durkin has done. Jay Inslee has done. Kate Brown has done. By not stopping what is happening, they are also contributing. So it's not always money that enables these things to continue to occur and go on. And what, is it tonight or tomorrow that will mark 60 days in a row? No, it, it's uh, – they've passed 60 days. It's, I, it's I thought like, it was like 59. No. Yesterday was 59 No, or I think over the weekend so, – or uh, I want to say like 61 or 2 is where we're at. We're, we're, we're just past the 60-day mark. It doesn't matter. It's two months straight every night yeah. of peaceful protesting. Yes, well, it's, you know, I will say this. Obviously, uh, climate change has not hit the Portland area because the evenings must be very cold with the amount of fires that they're starting just to keep the, themselves warm as they're peacefully protesting. Yeah. I mean, there's there's just, it's, it's, it's really, it's nice to see how the community has gotten together to start all those fires all over the place to keep themselves warm uh, on, the, on the chilly, chilly July evenings in Portland. Some breaking news. We'll get you more information uh, coming up on the afternoon report. Uh, Governor Jay Inslee has has made a move in a memo that uh, he's kind of tucked it in inside a memo about uh, changing of uh, rules and regulations moving forward with reopening. Uh, He has inserted an indefinite pause on counties advancing 
to the next phase of reopening. So he didn't want to say this in a press conference? I guess not. Was he afraid of of possible voter reaction? Well, there could be reaction anyway, or there will be eventually, I'm sure. Do you think somebody in the Seattle media will ask him about it? Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a rhetorical question. I, I apologize. Afternoon reports next. Stick around. 